welcome aboard this week's podcast of Dudes Dish Disney. No cupcakes, sparkles, or glitter mouse ears here, just Dudes Dishing Disney. This episode of Dudes Dish Disney is sponsored by Magic Vacations. Magic Vacations, discover the magic of travel. And now your hosts, the Dudes of Dudes Dish Disney. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dudes Dish Disney. Joining us today is Jonathan, our producer and resident tech dude. What's going on, guys? Also joining us is Ryan, our co-host and the number one Disney dude. What's up, dudes? And I'm Congo Carl, former Jungle Cruise skipper, here to guide you through this week's episode of Dudes Dish Disney. And before we go too much further, I'd like to take care of a little bit of housekeeping for our sponsor. We'd love you to visit Magic Vacations at magicvacations.net. They're more than just a travel agency. Magic Vacations has over 100 Magic Vacation planners committed to bringing you white glove concierge service. Using a Magic Vacations planner allows you to spend more time making memories and less time worrying about the details. For all of your Disney, Universal, Cruise, and Global travel, go to magicvacations.net. Magic Vacations, discover the magic of travel. Carl, I think it's great that you uh, uh, did a little housekeeping there. We get away from it sometimes and all the fun that we have about how the three of us are travel agents with Magic Vacations. And uh, often, guys, a lot of times the uh, people you hear come on as guests for us are also travel agents. And while we have a lot of fun doing this, we just want you all to know that we're happy to help you with any questions that you might have. Our services are free. Uh, you know, we're always happy to help bring you to your travel destination in the best and safest and easiest way possible within your budget. And uh, you know, I guess the even if you're not coming to us, we'll put you in touch with somebody who's close to you. You know, somebody who's in your geographic region that can help you as well. So uh, reach out and let us know if you need your travel needs taken care of. Ryan, you said within your budget, and that's very appropriate because this episode is Dude's Bankroll Disney. The money discussion is on everyone's trip planning agenda. There's just as many concepts, ideas, advice, tips, and tricks on how to save money on a Disney trip as there are things to see and do on a Disney vacation. And because of that, today's format's going to be a little different on our podcast. And it's more free form. The dudes will share with you some examples of budget and planning and kind of open it up to each other on what we've done successfully for our clients because it is a question. It is a concern. There's a lot of misconceptions about it and there's a lot of reality to it. And I think the number one takeaway is, you know, using a magic vacation planner can work within your means to help you. So, um, you know, you can start with plan A. People come to us and say, I want to spend $3,000 on a trip and no more. What can you get me for 3000 And the other way, our clients come to us and say, I want to go there for a week. How much is a week going to cost us? And we can help you figure that out, whatever your approach is, if it's fiscally uh, prudent or if it's the sky's the limit. Uh, the same number can yield you different results depending on how many people are going, the time of year you're going, and what kind of advantages can you take care of. There's lots as a magic vacation planner that we have the insight and knowledge to uh, discounts and upgrades that we can help you with. 
and trying to navigate that on your own is crazy. When it comes to Disney, time is money, and you're going to pay more money to get more value for your time. The good news is, you know, there's it's easy for you to book flights and transportation, and we've talked about different ways to travel down to Disney. So our assumption in the premises today is to start with uh, the different components of expense. And we're going to take you through accommodations, tickets, dining, and even buying souvenirs and give you some of our years, combined years of expertise between the uh, three of us is, you know, over 100 years of expertise that we're going to give you on the travel side to help you out. So let's start with talking about accommodations. Ryan, do you want to kick us off with accommodations and talking about how do you plan your budget around accommodations? Can we first start with how the 100 years of uh, experience is mostly you? (laughs) 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 So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, joking aside to my friend Carl uh, is, you know, with the accommodations at Disney, there is such a wide array of accommodations. Um, you may have recently heard in one of our draft episodes where we talked about the different resorts on property and we talked about value resorts and moderate resorts and deluxe resorts, right? Disney has really made it super affordable for you no matter who you are. Uh, if you are into camping, you can go down to Disney and you can do a week for less than $1,000 for your whole family if you like to stay in a, in a tent in a campsite uh, for accommodations. You know, if you are uh, looking at something where you wish you could get a hotel that was priced similarly to a Marriott or a uh, Holiday Inn, value resorts are where you're at. Um, If you want to take it up a a step and have some more comfortable accommodations, some better restaurants, some better uh, things to do where where you're staying, then you get a moderate resort. If you want to stay close to the parks and you don't want to have a lot of travel time and you want luxurious accommodations, you got deluxe deluxe uh, resorts. You can do a, a resort on any budget uh, on Disney property. People who always contact me and say, well, I don't want to stay on the property because, you know, I, I, don't, I can't afford that before they even look at the prices always blow my mind because I'm like, let me, let me show you a couple of the options on property. And let me be clear here. Like I don't make any more money just by having you go to Disney and stay on Disney property. You know, I don't, there's nothing in that for me. I can, I can make just as much money putting you on a property that's off the resort as well, but there's a convenience to staying on the Disney property and the accommodations on a Disney property that isn't included that you don't see normally in that price transportation uh, to and from the airport transportation to and from the parks, no parking fees at the resorts, no parking fees at the parks. Um, There's just so many different reasons to do it. Uh, and then when you start talking about how you could stay, like at a, even if you're somebody who's super cost conscious and you could you want to stay in a, in a nice room at the all-star resorts, you can get those resorts as low as $105 a night sometimes. I mean, that's I travel everywhere in the country. $105 a night is hard to come by no matter where you go. Yeah, and if you've got a, a family of four, that's, uh, that's tremendous value, right? Could you, Jonathan, expand on for our listeners Again, the, the pros and cons of on-site versus off-site, because I think that comes up a lot. And I think there's a lot out there um, on the professional bloggers of the benefits of each. But specifically from a cost-saving standpoint, you know, what are your thoughts on on-site versus off-site with accommodations? So I'm a big fan of, obviously, not just because we're all travel planners here, but staying on-site, the benefits alone 
are extraordinary compared to staying off. For one, you're getting extra magic hours. Um, you're getting more perks. Obviously, it takes you a heck of a lot less time, no matter where you are in the resorts, a lot less time to get to where you want to go. Again, transportation, you, simply put, you're, you're immersed into the Disney experience the entire time. Again, if you're staying off property, wherever it is, Best Western, whatever your budget is, you're literally, the moment you're off that Disney property, you're just in some chain hotel or some other random hotel, you're losing that experience, the reason why you're going down there. That's the biggest thing I try to explain to folks is when you're going down there, you want to be in that full immersed Disney experience. So what the cost benefit analysis really is, is you're paying maybe a couple extra bucks to be completely immersed in that Disney experience the entire time. And when you're taking that trip, for the amount of money that you're going to pay, it's so worth it to spend that few extra bucks. If it is even a few extra bucks, sometimes it's pennies difference and people don't realize that how affordable it is. If you're staying at a value resort, even moderate resorts, I've had clients, it shocks them how affordable it is in comparison to certain other hotels they want to stay at in the area. So it's very surprised. One of the things you bring up and you both brought up is the transportation and parking. If you're staying off site, you're paying for parking every day. There's some people that say, I want my, if I drove down or if I'm renting a car there and I'm staying at a, uh, a Disney hotel, a lot of times jumping in my car and going to one of the theme parks or going to downtown Disney, I'm getting free parking because I'm staying on site. So I, that's extended to the parking lots everywhere, but it's the convenience and time the flexibility of getting up and go. But you bring up another thing about the accommodations. One of the things I try to help my clients with is some people want to stay offsite and they want to maybe utilize a timeshare that they have offsite uh, with with an you know international timeshare. Some people want to use their hotel points, and I'll arrange for them to do that and save money by staying offsite part of the time, and then coming onsite for a couple of nights. Um, to kind of create the balance. So you've saved some money. Um, you're going to have a vehicle down there anyways, and you can do a combination. So you can get that Disney magic on site, but also allow you to save some money by using points or other you know mechanisms you have to save money off site. So uh, I think a travel pet planner can help balance that for you if that's really a concern. And I think also that's concern for larger families, right? So if you have a timeshare or if you've got Marriott points, you want to get three rooms at uh, at a hotel to save a lot of money because there's nine of you going, that's, that's one way we can accommodate and help you plan. Time is money, but money is money, right? You, a lot of people are like, well, I'll go down and I'll park and I'll, I'll, or I'll Uber instead, right? Well, a family of four to Uber from MCO to uh, anywhere in the Disney area is probably going to cost you 40 to $60 for that Uber, right? And that's two ways because you got to get there and you got to get back. Well, when you're staying on property and you have a vacation package through Disney, you've got the Magic Express at your, at your hands. Uh, and that's $0. That's built into the cost of what you're paying for. So that's right off the bat, 80 to $120 that you're putting back in your pocket just by saying, staying on site. Uh, there's a couple other little things like 24 hour pizza <laughs> that you can get delivered to your room. And I know that sounds like something that's like so minute, 
but that's really minute until you get to one of those days that you're in the parks for 12 hours and you forget to eat because it's the end of the day and you're exhausted and you've just walked 18,000 steps or whatever it is that day and your kids fell asleep and you didn't have time to eat and then you get back to the resort and you're starving and it's 11 o'clock at night and it's like, oh, I could really go for that pizza. We're, right we're all smiling because we've all been there, whether with or without kids, right? Yeah. So. I mean, I, I was there, I was there sober with a buddy of mine and had that happen, you know? So, and, and I've been there drunk and had that happen. And, I feel and, better now that you clarified that, you know, you're not always sober. So yeah, I'm definitely not always <laughs> sober. So, uh, but I mean, there, there's little things like that. And I mean, free mini golf is included in your package. If you do, if you do, uh, um, vacation package. So here's a tip that I learned early on. Um, and it's practical. And if you're okay with it, um, you know, you can ditch daily housekeeping at the hotels and they will 10 bucks a day, 10 bucks a day. Right. So that's, you know, five nights, 50 bucks. Right. And uh, and it's something you do. So you're making your own beds and you're, you know, hanging up your, your bath towels to dry. But even if you do that, by the way, you can still stop them in the carts and they'll come and take your trash out and they'll come and give you, you know, soaps and shampoos. So it's not like you're missing all of housekeeping, but, but you're just, uh, as far as the linens saving that, that $10 a day. So, you know, that's kind of, if you wanted to start to build a bank of ways to save money, little tips that can help you with save money with accommodations. We can help you as magic vacation planners. There is a subtle difference in some of the room rates that you get with various views, right? For the amount of time you're at a Disney vacation and you're out running around having a good time, do you really want that lagoon view or that water view or that pool view? Is that worth an extra $20, $30 a night? And that's a dialogue that we can have with our clients because a lot of people take the perspective on this vacation, I'm so busy running around that that's not important to me. Other people want that. That's, that's their little perk or treat. Uh, and it's not to say that you can't sign up for one and get bumped up into another. And there's some little tricks and guidelines we can help you with as vacation planners to play a lower rate and maybe get a little extra uh, TLC and get that view. So um, work with us and we'll help you navigate through all of the various accommodations benefits. So um, is there anything we missed on accommodations? No, I'll just tack on to what you were just saying about the views is I think a lot of time people don't even realize the views aren't just the views and the themed rooms aren't just the theme rooms. Those are usually in very specific areas of the resort so you may want a themed room because it's actually closer to transportation, or you may want a pool view because they're actually closer to a dining hall um, or things like that. You know, it's not always just about the, the description of what it says. Sometimes there's a lot more to it. But yeah, I think, I think we pretty much exhausted the accommodations, but. Excellent. Jonathan, anything else? For those folks, again, who think that maybe something might be a little out of their reach, remember you're staying in a room to get a good night's sleep. So if you're afraid and you want something because you want to go on a trip, there's always going to be an accommodation that's going to work for you. So don't worry, especially if you're literally sleeping in a room and you just want a room, there's always an option for you too. Absolutely. You don't have to pitch a tent at Fort Wilderness with that uh, inflatable mattress on the ground, right? There's, there's different ways we can accommodate. Okay, look at the whole per- reason you're going down there is to go to the parks, tickets, right? 
and and we as travel planners help you out with the tickets and help you figure that component out to your budget. What are some tips and advice that you would give for tickets, Ryan? Uh, in terms of budgeting and, and looking at ticket prices, it's all about time of the year. Um, if you're looking to maximize your savings and, and increase your value, you should really be looking at very specific times of the year to go to the park. If you're gonna go down at uh, on New Year's, which I did this year, so don't think I'm knocking it because I've done it. I'm just gonna tell you that if you do that, you're gonna pay maximum prices and you're gonna get the longest lines that you're gonna get all year long at, at the parks. The parks are gonna be crowded. New Year's Day, for instance, you're not even gonna get into some of the parks because they're gonna to have to shut them down for capacity. Um, you know, so there's a value to that. And uh, a quick story, guys, and I, I may have even told this before, but on my trip this, this past January, coming home, I was sitting behind somebody on an airplane and they were complaining about how they went down to the parks and they'll never go back to Disney ever again. They spent all that money and they couldn't even get into Magic Kingdom on New Year's Day because it was at capacity. And I said to him, I said, you know, just, just curious, did you guys book this trip yourself? And they said, no, we went through, uh, you know, like a Costco or, or, or somebody like that. I said, well, you know, that's the difference between going through somebody like that and going through a travel planner, right? Is that if that was your concern uh, and you had told me that, you know, I would have been able to tell you right up front, this is the worst year, worst time of the year for you to go. You know, I understand it fits in your schedule maybe a little bit better, um, but there are times of the year that are just really busy. And the times that are really busy are also the most expensive because Disney, like anybody else, it's like buying tickets to go to Fenway or buying tickets to go to Wrigley Field or, or wherever you may want to go. You know, they're going to they're gonna take those priority games. Red Sox, Yankees tickets, doesn't matter where you're sitting. Those are the most expensive tickets of the year. Cubs, Cubs Cardinals tickets, Cubs White Sox tickets, same thing, right? Disney's smart. They know everybody's going to come down for New Year's, so they're going to jack up the prices. You want to go in September or February when everybody's back in school and, and there are no breaks? Guess what? You're going to get cheaper prices. You're going to get better deals. You're going to go down there. You're going to have more open time, more open space, and you're going to pay less for it. Jonathan, your advice on uh, on tickets and, and how to save some money there. Um, biggest thing for folks, the more days you buy, the cheaper the price per day is going to get for you. Um, there's a big difference between buying a one-day ticket and buying a four-day ticket. And again, like Ryan said, it depends on when you're going in the year and it's all flex price there. The other option too is park hoppers. Park hoppers might be some folks' best friend and other folks, it might be their worst enemy. Um, and again, you're going to pay a little bit more for a park hopper, but if you're trying to get the most bang for your buck and you don't want to be in a certain park for a full day, you want to try to split it, that's your best bet because you're for a few bucks more, you're getting able to go into all four parks in one day compared to just one park in one day. So don't ever think that you're confined to paying that one price to go to the parks when there's many, many, many options to get your most bang for your buck with that. I want to ask you guys, because you guys both go there a lot more than I do. Um, and this has been a, a topic too. At what point in time for the, for our clients that travel frequently, what's the break even? When does it make sense to get an annual pass? It's a really good question and one that I've been trying to work out for myself recently. Um, uh, really, if you start looking at break even, it's, it's, there's so much more that gets factored in than just 
tickets. And I think that's the big mistake as everybody looks at is if you go, you know, um, frankly, one of the best things that you can do is, is you can book through somebody like us, you can book a 10 day ticket, and then you can go down there and you can upgrade it to a season pass while you're down there. That's one way that you can do that, right? Um, but I haven't quite figured out the exact break even, but I will tell you that the reason for that is it's, you're going to get 20% off on your meals. You're going to get 20% off on resorts. There's all sorts of uh, annual pass holder discounts that you're going to get. But I am going to say, if you're only going to go five, uh, eight nights a year, it's not going to be worth it. You right. know, if you're going to go multiple times in a year, then, the, it, you know, for me, I think if you're going to go two or three times a year, you know, or you're a DVC member or something like that, then it's, then it's probably worth it. Yeah, but look, I've never done the exact breakdown. So we're dudes. You know, John's a tech dude. Let's get out the calculator and let's help our clients figure that out, right? Let's run the numbers because that's what dudes do. We look at the numbers and, you know, this whole responsibility of the budget and planning usually falls in our lap. So we can help figure that out for you. Um, my advice on the tickets is let us do that for you in advance. A lot of people don't realize this or discover this, but if you show up at the gate, Disney adds a $21.30 surcharge to every ticket bought at the parks. Why do they do this when you go up to the gate? It's because they can. Because if you show up unannounced and you, you with your four kids in tow, you're not going to at that point say, no, I, I want to save money, right? Your kids are there on vacation. You're heading in for the day. You're going to pay what the number is. So we as, as travel planners can help you buy that some dads. Think about that. Family of four, $21.30, that's $85.20 in savings on one day if you bought in advance. So again, your travel planner is going to be your best friend there. That doesn't even get into the next level of that too, which is buying in advance and working with somebody like us or, or one of your, or any of your magic vacation planners where we're, we start doing dining reservations for you. We start doing um, fast passes for you. We start doing all those little things for you that, you know, you really need to be six months out, six months in advance to take advantage of all of that at a minimum uh, make sure you get everything you want. Because if you show up to Disney day of that you want to go and you think you're going to go in and go get Cinderella's Royal table, <laughs> I mean, you're going to have a hard time getting that six months in advance, much less the day of. You yes. Know? Going, um, going in the day of and trying to get those reservations, I joke and say, be our guest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's Good luck with that. It, it's hard because, you know, I am not a planner. I like I am not in my general daily life a planner. But when it comes to Disney, my wife and I always used to joke because we'd go on vacations and I'd always be like, yeah, you know, we'll just do whatever. We'll go to a beach and we'll be fine. And She'd be like, no, we need to plan this. We need to plan this. And then when we go to Disney, I'm like, we need to be on top of this a year in advance. We got to, you know, like whatever the case may be. Because Disney is all about maximizing value. There's so much to do. You know, like perfect example of maximizing value. John, you talked about uh, ticket prices day to day, right? When you hit the fifth day, it's literally like an extra 15 or $20 total for a family of three or four, maybe, maybe $30 total to add a fifth day, you know? So you paid maybe whatever. I'm just throwing out a number here off the top of my head, but maybe you spent $500 on your tickets per person. Uh, so you spent, you know, maybe $2,000 on tickets for a family of four for four days at the parks. 
but you could spend $2,030 and get a fifth day, you know, just that extra $30, you know, so that, that again, little tips like that, that yeah, people they don't think at, about. They don't all have to be consecutive days too, right? The way right. they drop now and have changed the ticketing, you can take a day off and hang out at the pool, or you can take a day and drive to Clearwater Beach and hit the beach for a day, or go to Cape Canaveral, or go to Universal, or go to SeaWorld, right? So there's intermittent days there where you can kind of Get the best of it. So you're down there. You got a place to put your head on a pillow. You're in having fun, fun time. But you know, you got to eat. You got to eat while you're there. So um, let's talk about some of. There's a million ways to talk about the dining, and the way to save money with eating. So Jonathan, start us off. What do you think? Some advice about working your budget around meals. So there's there's a couple ways I've um, helped clients out with this. There's there's the dining plan. There's a few different options for the dining plan to start. Um, different levels of it depending on what you want to do. There's um, one plan that's just for your quick service meals if you want to kind of prepay for some of that stuff. Again, that's that's your stuff kind of your grab and go stuff. That's your stuff literally walk up to a window, grab something real quick and go. There's another one where you can um, get a couple sit downs. Um, and there's another one on top of that that's basically everything you could imagine included into it. Based on what that is, you're going to pay more money for the higher tier, but you're going to get more value out of it if you use it right. That's the big thing. And again, everyone's different when it comes to that. Some folks love having that. Some folks hate it. And again, like I said, it really comes down to how you want to do it for your trip. Everybody eats differently. Some people eat a lot. Some people eat very little. Um, also, some people, when they go, they want to spend a million bucks on food because who doesn't love a Disney snack? I mean, who doesn't love a Mickey Mickey ice cream bar, a churro, a turkey leg? I mean, some people literally will eat that all day long. So that's yeah, I one. Think you bring up a good point. I think part of our responsibility in helping people with their budget is to understand what makes a vacation great for them. Right? Exactly, And if, if that's it, if that's their thing, let us save money for you in some of the other areas we discussed so you can indulge, right, with the meals if that's your thing. And, uh, and that's a good point. You know, other folks, that's not, the food is not their thing. You know, we're in a health conscious America. And uh, a lot of people go down there and say, man, I'm going to eat all this this, this food down here that is going to put, you know, pounds on me and I'm going to come back and pay for it. We've had other episodes of talking about, you know, workouts and exercise, and there's certainly a lot of different places to eat healthy, but there's other ways to kind of handle that. You know, one of the things is, you know, there's a lot of people who like turn their backs on sugar and soda. Do you know that you can walk up to any place, any restaurant and ask for a water and it's free? A cup of ice water is free. So rather than spending five bucks on a bottled water, you can get free water with every meal that you have, either counter service or sit down um, in there. Now you, you think about that, right? So if you were, you know, let's say you buy any kind of a beverage, and a, uh, on average right now, a medium sized beverage is around three, $3.50. So times two adults, times two meals, times six days, that's $84 you're saving by having water. So it's better for you, it's water, it's free. So there's one way 
to do that, you know, and, and that's an example with, with two adults. If there was, it's $170 if it's a family of four, right? So there's things, there's ways that you can do that and be smart and not come back saying, man, I killed myself with sugar this week because I drank, you know, soda all day. On the other hand, the, the, the reverse side of that is there's a refillable mug program. So if you're all into soda, you can get a mug at the resorts and get unlimited refills, right? So no matter what spectrum they're at, we can help coach them to see what the best value is on the smallest thing, even like drinks. So that, that's the thing is, is that listening to, to what you're, you wanna do and what makes a vacation there, I can go on forever on the, um, on the meals. Some people bring their own snacks, some people grab quick bites and eat in their hotel room rather than going out for breakfast. But I've also had clients that say, you know what, in the Florida heat, I don't need three meals a day. I'm good with two. So great. If you're going to skip a meal, then we'll pick the right dining plan and doing it. I'm a fan of the dining plans too. And I think personally, you can get away with a two meal dining plan for people. Um, the deluxe ones are nice now. They even include adult beverages. So you can get a beer or wine when you, when you have that dining plan but you can pick the right one for folks and they can go out and do it. And the other advantage of part of that budget, by the way, is if you're buying the hotels and the, the tickets and the dining plan, you can get that paid off in gradual increments up to a year. So you're not taking the sting out of it, right? You're paying it off every quarter, you know, maybe the trip's four grand and, and, you know, $300 a month is easy to pay that off. So part of budgeting is planning within their cycles of payment to make that really effective for them. And then when you go on vacation and everything's prepaid, there's not as much pressure. It's not about worried. Hey, it's paid for, right? So there's a psychological benefit for that too. What do you think about um, tips and advice for, for saving money on di uh, dining, Ryan? Yeah, so uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm not necessarily going to go down the route of saving money on dining. And let me tell you why, Carl, you, you touched on a really good point on getting to know your clients and, and, you know, your clients' dietary needs. Well, there's another part of getting to know your clients that I think a lot of people miss when it comes to dining, and that's character dining. And this is one of my favorite subjects to discuss with, with clients because if you really truly break down a dining plan, which trust me, if you Google it, there's plenty of people that can tell you how to break this down to maximize every penny you spend on a dining plan, okay? But the one thing that you cannot quantify is the amount of time and joy you get out of certain experiences. So if you have kids and you're going to Disney, and if you have a five-year-old and a two-year-old like I have, you're going to want to meet characters. Your kids are gonna see Mickey and Minnie and Goofy and Donald and Daisy and whoever else, and they're gonna say, I wanna go stand in line and meet that character. Well, guess what? You walk into Magic Kingdom, if you go at Rope Drop, the first thing you see is like four or five of the Fab Five characters in, right there as soon as you walk in and align 10 to 15 people deep, okay? You can do that and waste 20 to 30 minutes of your day, or you can pop for the Disney dining plan and you can go in and you can sit down and have a meal where those characters are, spend an hour of your day, instead of that half hour wasted standing in line, you're spending an hour eating, taking pictures, getting autographs, and meeting every single one of those characters once a day. 
Now you can meet most any character on property through these dining plans. So for me, I tell people like, okay, yeah, you can break it down as this is $78 per day and per person per day. And uh, you know, I don't know that I'm going to eat that much food. Well, how much time are you going to waste standing in line for characters when you could have met four characters in an hour versus having four different lines that you stood in for 30 minutes each? Um, I think that's another big factor. Now, I've got clients that go down there that they could care less about meeting characters. They just want to go hit the attractions and, and have a good time. That's great. Do the quick service plan or, or pay as you go. You know, that's totally fine. The other thing too is uh, families with small kids. Um, just talking about dining, a lot of times I'll have people do like an Amazon Prime delivery or, or a garden delivery or, or a grocery delivery. You can get your formula delivered to, uh, if you have a baby, you can have your formula delivered to the, to the hotel, uh, to the resort. You can have uh, water. I know a couple of the other Magic Vacation planners, uh, Paul and Ashley, they're famous for getting cases of water and either having them delivered or bringing them. They do like bagels and cream cheese for their breakfast. I mean, all of those things are options for you. Uh, you absolutely have the option to do any one of those uh, plans to save money. It, like Carl said, this really comes down to, you know, who you are, who you're traveling with. And, and I'll, tell you, I'll tell folks until I'm blue in the face, if you sit down with a travel agent or a travel planner of any sort that doesn't take the time to ask you questions like, you know, where do you guys like to eat? What kind of budget do you want to spend on food? Do you eat a lot of food? Do you like three meals? Do you want to sit down? Do you want to, you know, who are your favorite characters? Do you want to meet those characters? You know, how much time do you want to allocate to that? If you don't talk to people that actually ask you those questions, get to know you, you're working with the wrong people. You know, this is, this is uh, for a lot of people, a once in a lifetime or two or three times in a lifetime trip. And you can't be wasting your time you know, working with somebody or doing it on your own to not know what might happen uh, once you get down there. And one last quick story, just on that level, I have a really good friend of mine. He said that they were going to go through another agent because they had already agreed to. I said, Hey, you know, I get it. That's fine. And when he get down, he got down there and uh, he had dining reservations scheduled at animal kingdom, I think. And they had uh, fast passes over at uh, magic kingdom that were like an hour and 20 minutes apart. And um, I told him, I was like, you can't do that. You know, and he gets down there and he goes through the whole thing and he comes back. He's like, man, that was crazy. He's like, I thought it was like six flags. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's like 40 square miles. <laughs> like it's not yeah. six flags at all. The size of Manhattan is the size of San Francisco, right? People don't realize that. And that gets back to the time is money conversation, right? Right. To, to, Absolutely. You know, the, um, it's also referred to, you know, getting from point A to B is the real Mr. Toad's wild ride. You know, how do you get around this huge place? And you've got to know how to navigate it. And yeah, I've seen so many people are saying, yeah, I'm at Epcot and then I've got to go over to dinner at the hoop to do review. And that's quite, if you're, if you don't have your own vehicle or car and you're doing that, it, it's there. So they're saying, wow, I saved a lot of money by staying in the world on campus, but, uh, you know, using this transportation system is is sometimes ineffective, and so people will say, "No, it's worth it for me to have a car, right?" So that's that's a that's a conversation too. Look, at there's so many things that we can get into on it, and um, you know, I agree with the the dining thing. There's some clients that food is part of that experience. You know, look at um, if we go to a festival at Epcot and we're drinking around the world. 
I'm sorry, the budget's out the window. We've talked about that, right? If you want to have a drink in every country and, and taste a little food, there's no way that you're going to do that. Now, even if you had the dining plan and you got two of your meals out there and some snacks, you still got nine other countries to go through. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's tough to figure that out, but we can, we can help you do that and based on what's your priority, right? Um, some people's priority is not to gorge their way around the world or drink their way around the world, but we can certainly provide quality. And, you know, after we've settled all the dining challenges on your budget, the other big one is souvenirs. And Ryan, you had small kids. I went through that phase. Um, you know, anyone, we talk to our, I, I look at our other MVPs and they're all crazy with the stuff they buy, right? It just, you know, if everyone took a look at the stuff on their walls, in their houses, clothing and souvenirs, they probably could finance another two trips down to Disney World, right? So let's, let's talk about your thoughts, Jonathan, on, um, on souvenirs and strategy and tips to save money on that, that uh, aspect of the budget. Um, big thing I try to tell people that haven't done it before, it's been a while, don't go crazy your first couple days uh, if you're there for a multiple day trip because you're going to end up spending well over that budget that you thought you wanted to hit only because you're going to see things that you didn't expect. You're going to see things that you maybe said, oh, and maybe I want that, but no, not really. And then the next day you see someone else, okay, yeah, I'm going to get that. And then that's just going to lead down that rabbit hole of more and more and more. Personally, the big thing, I always go in with a budget. I always go in with a set budget myself per day that I'm allowed to spend if we do a trip. And I tried to help the clients out, especially the budget conscious clients that I have, to try to follow that. It's, trust me, it's extremely hard to follow. Um, I've had to stop myself multiple times with buying certain random crap that you really don't need, but you want because you're in that Disney experience. But at the same point, you just got to really step yourself back and say, Hey, I'm here. I have to stick to my budget. Let's stick to the budget. I mean, it's simple as that, but sometimes yeah, you just got to do it. Masters of marketing, right? They're masters of marketing that you get up there, you're caught in the emotions. And my wife said it once really well is you're down there and you get caught up on it and you just kind of go crazy. Right. And I've got, you know, between my wife and two daughters, three very professional shoppers. And it could be very dangerous for me uh, and has been. And so there's different things. When I think people come with young kids, there's certain advice that we give them. One is you can go to your local Disney store, you know, and buy your autograph book and your pens and everything at maybe a fraction of the price or a generic sort of services. You can go on Etsy and get a couple of cute shirts or whatever you want to wear down on your trip. And that would be a fraction of the cost of buying things to wear there, right? Um, so that's it. And you can also talk to your kids about, you know, maybe there's money that grandma and grandpa gave them or, you know, um, they've got their own Disney dollars to teach them. It's a great chance to learn finance and teach them about a bankroll and how they can kind of budget themselves daily. And kids understand that. If, you know, if I've got $50 to spend over three days, what do I really want to spend that on? right? So it's, it's a chance for learning opportunities there too, and to make the choices. And you're right, you can't get caught up on it really quickly. Um, I, I think personally, that whole souvenir thing can really destroy 
a vacation for a dude. You've got to, you pre-planned it, you paid it, you've done it, you, you know, and you've got a few extras while you're there. Um, I think the best souvenirs are photos and we all have cell phones and you can get some great photos, action shots, personal shots. And if, and I think even if you're really inclined to buy that, I encourage people to buy the add-on um, photo memory maker is part of the package because there's so many times that you get the dude who's taking picture of the family, not in the picture because he's taking all the pictures for the week he's there. So that's short money. Plus they give you videos and action shops and all the attractions. And that's a lot more fun memorable. And today in the digital world we live in, you'll have that forever. And a piece of plush is going to get stuck up in your attic and in mothballs, you know, but, but your child's going to look back on that picture 40 years from now and remember that mom and dad, you know, had a great day. So that's my thought on ways to save money with souvenirs and uh, purchases. Ryan, anything else to add? Um, well, you know, I'm the professional shopper, I think, at Disney. So uh, my wife is the one who has to step back and be like, yo, you're killing us here with the budget. Um, so maybe don't listen to me. But uh, when it comes to the kids, I'm very fortunate, at least thus far, that my children are not the types that like see something and throw an absolute hissy fit if they don't get it. Um, so, so far, we've been very fortunate in being able to say, hey, listen, we're going on the trip. You each get to pick one thing throughout the entire trip, you know, and whatever they pick, that's their one thing. And then if they see something else, we say, hey, maybe next time this is what you bought this time or you know, ask Santa, maybe Santa will bring it for you, something along those lines. But um, that's been very, very effective for us, but I know it doesn't work for everybody. Um, we've got some cool stuff as a result of that, that I think I play with more than the kids do now. But uh, being somebody who goes often, I try to do like, I try to do things that I, I quote unquote collect, right? So that I'm looking for one specific thing. So I don't fall into that trap that John said, where you see something in one park one day and something in another park another day. So for me, like I'm big into pajama pants from Disney. I don't, don't ask me why that's just my thing. Dude, so, come on, dude. Really? When I, when I, Oh yeah. Hell yeah. So when I go down there, I get a new pair of pajama pants every time I go down there and I've got six or seven pairs of awesome pajama pants from Disney now. So uh, what's your problem with pajama pants, Mr. Hawaiian shirt? Go ahead. <laughs> so um no but i mean I, I i'm just saying you know like if you if you can find a way like carl talked about plush right tell if you, if that's your kids thing you get one plush you know you get one plush and it's actually plushes are fairly affordable believe it or not at disney it's one of the few things that's fairly affordable but Make sure that you're going down there and that you're well stocked with everything that you'll need clothing wise because clothing down there can get super expensive super fast t shirts are all right but dude if you're if you're a golfer, you go down there and you like a good golf shirt guess what that's like eighty bucks for a decent golf shirt with just a tiny Mickey logo on it right. so you know, oh yeah, man! You can go to Germany at Epcot and buy some gorgeous steins if you're a dude, and that'll set you back hundreds of dollars right yeah uh, and um you know, that's the other thing too. You know, we've had some episodes about drinking and everything. And, you know, there used to be a lot more happy hours than there are now. There's still a few and we can help guide you to them. But, uh, you know, there's not as many ways 
to do it. And that's, you know, one of the, the concepts too, is when you talk about on or off site, we can help you guide you around there. You mentioned bringing stuff with you, Ryan, you know, if you bring a three, you know, $3 poncho that you bought at a dollar store because it's Florida and it rains every afternoon and you're going to keep tracking on your schedule of enjoying the parks and there's four of you and you buy those for 12 bucks, right? Three times four versus buying them for $9 there, you know, that, that adds up, right? And if you make sure the kids don't rip them off and throw them in the trash, and reuse them. So there's a lot of different things that we can help you with. Um, and that kind of leads me to my next. Is there any sort of general things that we've missed um, that are obvious staring in the face, uh, things that can help you with budgeting and financing your trip, uh, bankrolling it to Disney? Yeah, uh, if I have one big one, it's to go back to that idea of planning well in advance. Um, little tip is that if you want a very specific hotel room, you can book it 499 days in advance, just the hotel room. Um, now it's a percentage, I think like 10, 10% of what the, uh, or maybe it's the first room, the first night of the room is what you have to put up in order to secure that. Um, so that's one thing. You, and then once you secure that, you can start making payments, right? You can start making little payments as you go. I always try to recommend vacation packages to my clients because the vacation package allows you to secure your package at $200. That $200 will get you secured for your room. And you could do 40 days of tickets if you wanted to under that. Well, maybe not that many, but you could do as many days of tickets as you want, plus the room, plus the memory maker, plus whatever else you want. And it's only $200 to do that. That is completely refundable. That is one, as long as you do it 30 days in advance of, of your trip, every penny that you spend can be completely refunded to you as long as you, if you cancel before 30 days. So to me, that's huge because then you can set your time limits. You can pay as you need to, as you go. And then you're not getting hit with that one lump sum of, you know, three grand, four grand, five grand, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, spreading out the payments really takes the sting out of it for people, right? And there's something about going on vacation knowing, hey, it's already paid. Yeah. It makes the little add-ons less painful. Jonathan, anything to add before we say goodnight? Uh, the one thing is I kind of mentioned it before. Um, for those that, again, are trying to stay within budget, especially when it comes to seeing all these rooms and all these different resorts and all that, there's always, always, always something that's going to fit into your budget. It may not be the best room on property. It may not be the exact time you want, but if you're flexible to time, flexible to where you stay, there's always, always, always going to be an option for you. It's not as out of reach as a lot of people think Disney is, especially, and that's where we come in handy immensely, where we're going to guide you to the right place you want to go as long as you work with us and we plan far in advance, you're going to have a trip of a lifetime. Absolutely. And that's a great way to end it, Jonathan. Thank you. It just goes to show you, folks, you don't have to be Scrooge McDuck to bankroll your trip with the dudes from Dudes Dish Disney. Later, dudes. Later, dudes. Later, dudes. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Dudes Dish Disney. Please check us out on social media on Facebook.com 
at Dudes Dish Disney, on Instagram at Dudes Dish Disney, on Twitter at Disney underscore dish. Please visit our sponsor, Magic Vacations, at magicvacations.net. More than just a travel agency, Magic Vacations has over 100 Magic Vacation planners committed to bringing you white glove concierge service. Using a Magic Vacation planner allows you to spend more time making memories and less time worrying about the details. For all of your Disney, Universal, Cruise, and Global travel, go to magicvacations.net. Magic Vacations. Discover the magic of travel. 